This is the Bartender Journey Podcast. It's the Bartender Journey Podcast number 283. My name is Brian Vincent Weber. Thanks for listening. This is the podcast that talks all about bartending and cocktails and spirits. Well, I have one more interview recorded for you at Tales of the Cocktail 2019. I'm Joe McCanta, the Global Ambassador for Grey Goose. But first, I just want to take a moment to thank you for listening to the Bartender Journey podcast, both our longtime listeners and our new fans. It's such a thrill for me to hear from listeners, or better yet, meet in person, as I did this year at Tales of the Cocktail. I met one listener who told me it was his first Tales, and it came because he learned about it on my podcast. It was really cool. It's an honor and a privilege to share with you all that I've learned over the years of my own bartender journey. Well, our team's been working on something special, and we'll let you know. We're going to share it with you in a couple of weeks. Make sure you're one of the first to know by signing up on our... to the email invite on the link in the show notes on bartenderjourney.net. I'd appreciate it if you sign up and uh, we can let you know what this project is about. Uh, We're rolling it out over the next couple of weeks. All right, let's go down to New Orleans. I'm Joe McKenzie, the Global Ambassador for Grey Goose. Global Ambassador, that's amazing. Wow, so you travel all over the world. Yeah, I spend a very large amount of time on a plane, um, but, uh, but it's great. I mean, you know, we're a global brand, and so it brings me to all corners far and wide. I've yeah. done everything from, you know, primarily in France, but yeah. uh, but I, I've done everything from bartending in the jungles of Nicaragua for Grey Goose <laughs> to um, the Oscars in L.A. to uh, awesome. you name it. So I've had some awesome. great experiences. Where are you from originally? <laughs> from L.A., actually. I'm well, LA. Uh, Orange yeah. County, so okay. Yorba Linda. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Awesome. So, well, I mean, tell us about Grey Goose. I, you know, I, honestly, I don't know. Everyone knows the brand, but yeah. I, I don't know all that much about it. It's made in well, France yeah. from, from wheat, right? You're, you know a lot more than some people, uh, yeah. so well done. <laughs> um, no, yeah, exactly. So we're a French vodka. We uh, we were founded in 1997 okay. um, by two gentlemen. So one was a, a New Yorker uh, entrepreneur named Sidney Frank. Okay, uh, You might have heard that name because he was... He started another uh, quite well-known uh, alcohol brand, Jägermeister. Oh, okay. I got quite successful with that. And then he, he was importing loads of cognacs uh, from France into okay. the United States, into New York. And he was living in New York City at the time, so he noticed that bartenders were kind of craving, you know, this when vodka was really, really yeah. taking off, 90, right. late 90s. Yeah. Um, but va- bartenders were kind of asking for something a little bit more in the, the world of vodka. There weren't... The idea of super premium hadn't really hit yet. So he asked uh, another gentleman named Francois Thibault, who's our other founder, who um, was making cognac uh, at the time for Sidney Frank. He said, stop making cognac. Could you work on a vodka for me? Um, Which was a big... been hard for a Frenchman. Very hard. I mean, people people were up in arms. You know, the French, you don't mess with um, the kind of traditions in France. But... But um, he wanted to make a vodka in the same way, the similar vein, the same thinking of a cognac. And in France, the highest position is a maître de chais, which is the cellar masters of cognac. And it's not like whiskey, where you've got a master distiller and a master blender, or rum, where you've got master distiller and master blender. In cognac, it's quite a Napoleonic. (laughs) One person does everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the highest, highest kind of position. So he was a maître de chez for cognac, so he used that same mentality for vodka. He wanted to oversee the whole process from start to finish. Yeah. And, um, and he still, he's behind every drop of Grey Goose today. He created the liquid. Wow. He's created every, you know, limited edition, every flavor we've done. Yeah. And um, he still is, he tastes every batch to this day yeah. for us. So, <laughs> so what would you say that makes uh, Grey Goose, a, you know, a, a more... 
high, a premium vodka? What, yeah. what, what is it about it that makes well, it a premium um, vodka? I think there's a few things. I mean, I always look at, like, uh, you know, people, ingredients, process, and taste when I look at any spirit. Um, the people behind it, the fact that Francois started the brand and is, you know, they're very rare in vodka to have the person who created it still at the helm. Even for a very well-known vodkas, they've had lots of master distillers that have come and gone and all that. So he's a kind of keeper of the keys. Um, from ingredients, we only use the highest quality uh, wheat, which is called Blé Panafiable de Supérieur, which is, a, a, in France, they actually codify and protect their wheat by law, like they do their wine. So uh, it's only the highest type of wheat, which is called BPS, Blé Panafiable de Supérieur, which is a soft winter wheat. Of course, you know, how much the French love their bread. Right. <laughs> so it's the same wheat that goes into the finest kind of French pastries and, and patisseries um, in France. And then our water comes from uh, the region of Cognac. So we have our own dedicated well, um, which is naturally filtered through limestone. So you get really nice, crisp water source, same water that, you know, and made Cognac. And water so important when it comes to vodka, especially I mean, it's because... it's 60% of yeah. what you taste, it's, you know? It's 60% of what's in the bottle. What's in water. the bottle, exactly, exactly. <laughs> people and, don't realize that. And some people don't think about how much that can make a difference. And for us, the water doesn't add anything. It, it's more that it doesn't detract from the taste of the wheat. Um, but the real difference is in the process. So most vodkas, even very well-known vodkas today, they will buy in a neutral grain spirit. Right. So they start with an already distilled spirit. Yeah. So and then they redistill. Doesn't know, just explain that a little further. What, oh, that, what that means exactly. Yeah. So, um, so a neutral grain spirit is a distilled. So distillation happens when you take any sugar. So wheat is a form of sugar. There's sugar inside. Um, you create a beer so we we make we call it a bread wine but you create a beer or wine out of fermentation so you introduce yeast into the sugar the yeast eats the sugar and it puts off two things uh, carbon dioxide co2 and alcohol then you have this beer and when you heat it when you light it on fire uh, or heat it in any way the alcohol is the lightest thing so that evaporates first right and it, that's it, it, it evaporates at the lowest temperature. Before, exactly, right? exactly. So it, it removes itself first at the low, at a lower temperature than everything else with it, including water even. So that is the concentration of that alcohol from a beer, bread wine, into alcohol. That's distillation. Almost all vodkas start with an already distilled spirit. So that whole thing has happened. And a very, very high proof. And, and a high uh, proof, so ninety, usually 96% ABV. Yeah. And then they redistill it again. And they'll use a copper pot still or other um, form of distillation to kind of add character. Um, but for Grey Goose, we make our own base spirit. So we we make we not only that we make our own flour. We we source all of the wheat comes from a 50 kilometer radius of um, of our, uh, around our distillery. It comes in whole. The wheat comes in whole, so it's not uh, used, you know, leftovers from the food industry. It's the whole wheat grain. We then make our own flour by milling it. So we have flour mills in the distillery. We mill it, and I always say it's like coffee. You know, like nobody would want to make a shot of espresso off of the leftover bits of already ground espresso beans. What you do if you're going to make a good cup of espressos, uh, you you grind the beans right before you brew. And we do the same. We grind the flour right before we ferment it, and we make our bread wine. 
and then we distill it. So you take the, the ground flour, ground flour, water and yeast. Water right. and yeast. Right. The yeast eats the sugar in the flour, puts off alcohol, and then immediately after the fermentation, we distill it, and all of that's done ourselves. So what we have is a, a real kind of... People, I don't think people realize how rare that is for a vodka. I mean, <laughs> it's quite rare. Big, big vodkas, small vodkas even, almost always buy in a neutral grain spirit. So it's very, I, you know, I won't talk about brands. There's only one other brand that I know of that does what we do. Yeah, so I, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> So yeah, we're very we're very proud. And, then, and certain brands will say that they're you know, pot stilled or whatever, but yeah. you know and they're bringing in something that's already already, already alcohol. Been distilled. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a really good point. So pot distillation, uh, you vodka has to be distilled to ninety six percent ABV by law, oh, at least in the European Union, okay. um, and in uh, no sorry that's in the European Union and also in uh, in the U S as well. Um, you, it's hard to have much character left in the vodka. After well, you're distilling it to 96 percent alcohol, yeah. like well, with bourbon, it can't go higher than what is it, 130 or so. Exactly. Or with <laughs> cognac in a pot still, you can only get to 70 to maybe 72 percent ABV. Is that right? So <laughs> wow. a pot distillation, you can never pot distill a vodka just from a pot still. If you use a pot, if someone says pot still, they are buying in a neutral grain spirit. Yep. They're redistilling in a pot still because you physically can't get to ninety six percent. I didn't realize that. Um, so yeah, but I would argue that you can, if you know what you're doing and if you concentrate the flavor correctly, you can get the same character out of um, out of a vodka that you can out of out of other things. I mean, um, a bourbon. You know, uh, rums, different different spirits gather a lot of that character from the aging process. Right. But if you think yeah, about vodka, it, you don't have that with vodka. You never have that. But all spirits are really essentially a vodka to start. Yeah. You know, you take a vodka, you distill some juniper and some botanicals into it. You have a gin. Yeah. I, you I, take you know, a, a lot of people, especially consumers, don't realize that every no. every alcohol when it comes off the still is clear. Is it vodka? Is, it, well, it's, it's clear. It's it's, it's yeah. yeah. I mean, it really is. <laughs> pretty much a clear neutral spirit and then you you can do something to create uh those other flavors so for me you know we do a lot of tastings around the world where we do br uh, blind tastings for bartenders we taste cray goose amongst um you know a vodka made from rye or potatoes and you can tell the difference immediately if you take a step back and by understanding the category of vodka you can really really understand all spirits in a whole new way yeah. yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about um, cocktails. And um, I mean, vodka is it's, it's easy to work with because, it, it, you know, you can make mix it with most anything. Right? Yeah. So I mean, the most versatile I, of spirit. Yeah. I mean, it really, you know, we talk a lot about versatility with Grey Goose because it can work. It's a it, it can work in so many beautiful cocktails. And it's one of the few spirits that I think can work for any occasion. So, you know, a brunch, you've got the classic Bloody Mary, you know time like today kind of lunchtime a beautiful kind of spritz style drink or something like that um cocktail hour spritz with it we, we, we a, do a yeah. great spritz which is yeah. called a le grand fizz okay. so it's just it's uh gray goose one and a half ounces you do ounces or mills or both uh, <laughs> yeah. ounces yeah okay but fine i figured <laughs> for me i don't know i figured yeah no one and a half ounce i can do both i'm, I'm ambidextrous <laughs> um but one and a half ounces of gray goose uh, an ounce of San Germain uh, elderflower liqueur, uh, half an ounce of fresh lime juice, and then top it off with soda water in a wine glass, 
and it's you could just sit. In fact, I wish we could have one right now. <laughs> but then you've the got a cocktail. Yeah, true. <laughs> then you've got a cocktail like the martini. You know the classic martini cocktail, yeah. which is the only thing I'd want. You know, later in the day to kind of whet the, the appetite. Um, kind of a, a little bit in between a kind of aperitif, but also that cocktail hour kind of, you know, key cocktail. And then finish the day with an espresso martini, you know? What a great, that's basically, I've just summed up m all of my days each day. <laughs> that's, that's every day. <laughs> espresso martini is such a great drink. Great drink. I just did my seminar and we finished with one of my twists on an espresso martini called Disco Noir, <laughs> which was a, kind of a, an espresso martini crossed with an affogato. So we made a creme de menthe ice cream oh. and then a carbonated um, espresso martini with Grey Goose Tonka, salted Tonka bean syrup and uh, cold brew coffee. And, uh, and the, it was like a root beer float meets a, I don't know, it went down really well, I'll say that much. <laughs> what was the seminar about? Um, so it was called Staying Alive Why Disco Drinks Never Die. Oh. Oh, I read about that. I'm sorry I missed it. No worries. I have a disco ball here for you if you oh, want awesome. it. <laughs> I'll take it. We, we, I think it was a really, um, I, I mean, a, a quite a historic seminar for Tales because it was the first time a disco ball was ever hung by a seminar moderator in a Tales seminar. So we were very proud that we had an actual disco ball, uh, a DJ, <laughs> but also some of the world's best bartenders. So we had Jake Berger from um, Portobello uh, Road Gin and... Uh, one of the, the owners of some of the, the finest cocktail establishments in London, uh, JJ Goodman from the London Cocktail Club, Yale Van Graaff from Spare Room and Genghis Cohen, and who is the Tales of the Cocktail uh, Best American Bartender last year, and then Douglas Ankra, who created the Porn Star Martini um, and ran, ran Lab for many, many years. So it was... It was fantastic, and yeah. The Porn Star Martini, what's that recipe? I always so that, that's a great drink. So yeah, <laughs> vanilla vodka... Uh, fresh passion fruit um, puree. You use a bit of passion fruit liqueur, fresh lime juice, and then most important, vanilla sugar as well. And then most importantly, you, you shake it and strain it, but you serve it with a, a chaser of champagne. Oh, I thought it was a topper of champagne. No, okay. yeah, it always uh, is served side, in, a, in a, sh a shot glass on the side. Ah. So you kind of, it's a ritual. So you kind of taste the drink, but <laughs> just when the drink becomes too, you know, a little too much for your palate, then you take a yeah. little refreshing uh, sip of champagne. Yeah. And, Sounds good. Um, and it was great. It went down a treat. We, <laughs> but really, the whole point of the seminar was all of those bartenders embrace fun. And, and consumers, uh, customers, guests, whatever you want to call them, are all at the heart of their drinks. So their drinks are fun because they want to serve guests well. And yeah. um, the amount of fun, the amount of people just in the street just now after came up and said, it was the most fun I've ever had at a seminar. <laughs> you know, was, that's what I want to bring back. You know, that idea of... That. of well, bars are supposed to be fun. That's, supposed a, that's to be why fun. we're here. When did we lose that it's idea? Just, well, it went away for a while and yeah. now it's back. It's coming back. It's back. And, um, and we're know. thankful to be kind of singing the praises of the people bringing it back. So. That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, Joe, this is a pleasure to meet you. Awesome. And, well, man, enjoy the rest of your tales. You too. And, and uh, keep those disco drinks coming. Do that. <laughs> I'm gonna make a porn star martini when I get right home. Right now. Get yeah, right now. I'll come by. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, man. Cheers. 
interesting guy there. Joe shared an original cocktail recipe with us. He calls it the Le Grand Fizz, and we'll have that for you on bartenderjourney.net in the show notes. Stand by for our toast. We'll do a toast at the very end of the show. But first, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. And I hope you'll go to bartenderjourney.net and sign up to get an email invite to our new exciting project using the link in the show notes there, bartenderjourney.net. All right, here's our toast. Leave the flurry to the masses. Take your time and raise your glasses. Cheers. We'll see you next time on the Bartender Journey Podcast.